I'm excited to announce that we are now on Patreon. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. Your imagination is creating your reality and you have the power. You are your sovereign over that. You can change the way you focus upon anything. Uh, welcome to the Stream of David podcast. I am on with, uh, you've been on the podcast before, but uh, host of LOA Today podcast. Uh, if you're not listening to that, you should. Uh, I'm a frequent guest over there, and he's a fantastic um, questioner of the stream. And <laughs> Taya Bootcamp graduate, Walt Theason. Hi, Walt. Hi, David. Yeah, thank you. Well, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you for that. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, I, I love being on your show because between you and your guests, there's always new, interesting questions for the stream. Yeah. And today we were, we were, before we come, came on, we're talking about, this is our joyful series for December of 2022. You can listen to this anytime you want, but mm -hmm. uh, this was recorded in December of 2022 for our joyful series. And we were kind of scratching our heads like, well, what, what element of joy are we going to talk about? And Walt suggested, why don't we just bring the stream in? I said, you know what? If we do that, then we don't have to think about anything. It's great. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we can just put them out there and let them do their song and dance. You can ask your questions uh, as always. And, and we'll see what unfolds. So it's fun too. I mean, asking the stream questions is, well, it's probably the easiest interview I'll ever do. Because you know how it is normally with an interview, you ask a question, then you get an answer, and you're asking like a question every two or three minutes. With so the stream, you ask a question, and you can be sitting there for 20 minutes waiting for the opportunity to ask the next question. It's great. <laughs> that's a nice way of saying that the stream is very long-winded. And indeed, Well, not yeah. just long-winded, I mean, informative. Yeah. That, that's what's so great about it. I mean, it's packed. Everything that the stream says is just Well, what, what happens is, in those moments, is you'll ask a question, and of course, they're responding to the, the vibration of what's going on in the moment more than just the question so it's yeah. everyone collectively that's listening or is going to listen which is really cool right and it creates this data dump for lack of a better term <laughs> uh that gets expressed verbally through me yeah and yeah. i'm sometimes aware of it I, I i believe i'm always aware of it in the moment but my memory of it after the fact is not always great or at all but I know that when I'm in the moment, I can, I'm experiencing the response just like you are. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times that I'm experiencing it as it's the words are leaving my mouth and I'm thinking, holy hell, <laughs> that's so cool. I never thought about that that way. So it's like, I've, I question the stream and I wouldn't say all the time anymore, but I've certainly spent my life questioning the stream. And then when something new or some new angle uh, is presented and the new information flows. I love that. Mm. Like a question I never thought to ask and somebody else is asking it in a different way. That happened this morning. I was on Taya Talk um, on YouTube and Facebook with David Rude, whom you know. Oh, probably. yeah, sure. Uh, and, or well, I should say. And a new question came up and I wasn't channeling, but I still was getting, you know, more, more of a response from the stream. And it was really, really cool to think, wow, I never thought about the difference between those two things, but that's a great question. And I, I do think the stream does a better job of answering things than I do. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, that makes sense. You, so just gave me, you just gave me an interesting piece of information there that I didn't know. I mean, we've talked before on my podcast and here about how um, when you come out of a stream session, there's always that disorientation and you need a moment to kind of recollect yourself and you don't necessarily remember all of it. But you just indicated that during the session, you, you do have an awareness of what's going on. And it makes me want, it makes me want to ask a question that I asked you before, but I want to hear the answer again. When, you, when you're hearing this information, do you find yourself going into overload? Because I think a lot of us listening go into overload. So I imagine you're, because you're also doing the, the translating, so to speak. I imagine the overload may hit you even more. Well, it's, it's not so overloading. Uh, it's not an overload feeling because the, the knowledge just is there mm -hmm. in those moments. So the challenge for me in channeling it, and I've taught myself how to do this, and I do think I do this really, really well as a channel, is to step back and allow it to be spoken. And I think what you experience on the receiving end of it is... The information is all there and I'm trying to get it out so fast that I start to stutter. You'll hear a stutter when mm -hmm. I'm channeling. Sometimes, yeah. 
And it's, I, it's because but, there's information overload and it's very stimulating. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm trying to get all this out right now. And I'm trying to tell you all this. And there's this big thought that's just so huge and earth shattering. And I'm, you know, right. then the, 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 all that comes in. So I do think that you experience that as a listener. I think I stutter a lot more channeling than I do when I'm not channeling. I think I get that, but I don't. But, but I don't think you've done that as much lately. I mean, my experience the last few times that you've been on my podcast, the stutter hasn't been there much at all. So I, actually, the more I, I do it, the better. I do think that yeah. I get better at it the more I do it. Yeah. yeah. No, but but to me, it's more like the the information, the, the way that the stream strings information together. It's one concept, and here's the next related concept, the next one, and the next one, the next one. I mean, the human mind is able to absorb maybe two or three new things at a time. We, we, the stream is asking us to absorb ten, and and that's where the overload. I think what they're doing is they're it's, it's repetitive. And when a new question is asked, and it's assumed that new people are listening, they build the foundation because you need the foundation of universal law sure. yeah. for the answer to make sense. Right, and right. I think what they do is they build the foundation, sharing universal law, weaving that into the response so that someone listening for the first time isn't thinking, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, that? right, right. I, that's not the way that works, or I don't understand it that way. They're sort of building a whole foundation and weaving that into the response, and that's why it's so long. Which makes sense. I, I actually had an interaction just today with somebody online, and, and the person knew that I, I did a podcast and was asking about, you know, what am I talking about, source energy? And I said, yeah, and I gave a little quick description of that. And when I was done with the description, they came back with, that's way over my head. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show, like you say, people are going to have their reactions based on, on where they're at and their, um, the, the importance of laying out that foundation becomes really obvious in those situations. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the foundational answer, especially if you're 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 not talking to one person, you're talking to an audience. Yeah, that exists, assumingly in perpetuity, right? The people could be listening to your podcast years sure. from now. Yeah, and need that foundation to it. So it may be a little tedious if you're hearing it over and over again. But I know I hear the stream say the same things over and over again. I find new um, nuances to it and aspects, and I like hearing it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. They even say usually they're they're parting words if there are any listen to this back a few times because you mm. participated in the creation of this message and there are so many layers to it that you're not going to absorb it in one sitting so listen yeah. to it again and again and again and allow allow it to come into focus gently that way and, and for those six months or so that you were a co-host on my show i found that it was exactly what happened because every single week i would talk to you and i talked with the stream and every single week it become clearer and clearer and clearer yeah yeah that's because it's it's vibrational. We're just using the spoken word and the written word as a tool to communicate, but the vibration of what's being offered is really what we're absorbing. Right, right. And with that, there's your how to how to listen to the stream 101. <laughs> <laughs> with that, let's take a quick break, and when we return, we'll bring in the stream, and it will be a Walt's show from there on. You know how to do that. <laughs> we'll be right back with the stream and Walt Thiessen from LOA today. If you're interested in making the Taya practice your new way of life, listen to what a few of our Taya Bootcamp graduates have to say. It's not an easy process, but it's really, it's really worthwhile. I think that there's a reason that so few people in our society really dig into this kind of work because it's, it's not easy. It's, it's easier to just watch Netflix or go to movies or watch baseball games or whatever. But this sort of work is really rewarding, and I feel like there's um, there's a lot of value in it. I could say that every single topic I intended to improve has improved substantially, uh, and so it was. They totally transform their lives with a new operating system, and so can you. Click the link in the show notes and book your free, no obligation Taya Bootcamp discovery session today. Now back to the show. Welcome stream to the TSW podcast. This is a, a interesting twist because I'm used to having you on my podcast, but now we're doing it on David's. And since we're on the TSW podcast, I'm going to just start off very simply by asking, do you have a particular message for listeners who may be tuning in today? The, the intention behind your, your interaction in, in this recording is joy. Talking about joy, manifesting joy experiencing joy 
when we are asked about how to create joy in, in your journey, in this case, in your, your human journeys, we will always bring you around to the fact that when you separate yourselves from your ego, when you separate yourselves from the, the collective ego that we refer to as the matrix, humanity, if you will, and the things that you are taught in that matrix, you come to understand that you are presented with so many external things that are supposed to equal joy for you. Consumerism, the new car, the new handbag, the shiny thing, the, the, the luxury vacation, the bigger home, the concept of youth being vibrant and healthy, of a youthful, adventurous life, the concept of being wealthy and, and, and perhaps even powerful, having to answer to no one. You are sold the idea in your matrix that those things create joy. And you are in a, 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 an environment of duality, if you will. All physical environments are, are polarized. So you're experiencing what many of you refer to as duality, both positive and negative and everything. And in that duality, yes, indeed, any and all of those things can create joy in your moment. But what's missing in the message of the matrix is that you can find and experience authentic joy without those things. And we are not guiding you away from your, your human experiences. We're not guiding you away from your preferences one bit. Where we are guiding you, however, is to understand that true authentic joy is going to be found in your love of self, first and foremost, your unconditional love of self, first and foremost meaning that you do not need any of those things. You do not need anything to change. You don't need any improvement. You do not need any triumphs. You do not need to be the, the version of yourselves that you've been taught to compare yourselves to because that is a never-ending chase on your part when you believe that some external thing is going to produce joy for you. That joy is always fleeting. Because when the joy of the newness of the experience or the material thing or, or the occurrence, when the newness wears off, the joy is no longer there. And in the lack of joy and appreciation of self, that is the foundation by which that experience of joy was built, the joy isn't there. So that the newness wears off, it's no longer doing what it once did for you, and you seek the next big thing. And you create a life journey of always seeking. You're all on a vibrational journey. So you are always going to be expanding, but we guide you more to, to think about how you, are, how you are accomplishing your expansion. Are you accomplishing your expansion and allowing yourselves to celebrate becoming more sophisticated versions of yourselves and the having of your human experiences? Or are you chasing joy in the next material acquisition? Because that material acquisition, that joy is always going to be something that is, is temporary. Whereas when you discover authentic love of self for exactly the experience that you're having, because you've detuned what the matrix has told you to believe, and you simply love yourselves for being human, no longer judging your human journey against what the matrix tells you you're supposed to compare yourselves to. Be joyful in your human journey, regardless of what it looks like, because it is our promise to you that your source being, your soul, your higher self, the eternal version of you, however you wish to identify that, that aspect of you, which is the eternal aspect of you, is loving any and every experience that you're having in physical, all of it, simply for, for having the physical experience, period regardless of the, the quantification, regardless of how it's measured and, and defined in the matrix. From your eternal perspective, there's no right or wrong way to operate this life journey, to experience it. Not at all. Just being. Just being manifested, even as, as a fetus, being manifested as, as a sickly child, being manifested broke, being manifested in, into parents who do not appreciate you the way that we appreciate you. That's an experience. 
And the, and the reason that you all tend to judge these experiences the way that you do is learn behavior. And the good news about that is it's behavior that you can unlearn. It's behavior that you can change. You can learn to love what the matrix tells you not to love. Your imperfect bodies, your empty bank accounts, your unsatisfying work, your imperfect partners, all of these things that, that, that you are guided to somewhat suffer in, you can actually find appreciation for. Because in that there is duality in all things, there is positive in all experiences, positive in all people, positive in everything that you are creating for yourselves in this life journey. So the joy is always available to you unconditionally, pure, authentic joy of being, of self, period, without any type of specifics of what that's supposed to be. That is all matrix. Appreciate the matrix for what it is but understand that your eternal self is loving every single aspect of your life journey. Really good. Really good. I know a lot of people are taking good stuff from that. I want to focus in on three points that you made there uh, because I think they're really excellent. The first, you, you talked about the different kinds of externalities that we reach out to in order to find joy, the, the things, the houses, the cars, the relationships, all that kind of stuff, um, which is like you said, there's nothing wrong with it, but that, that we're looking into a place where, finding ongoing joy is going to be difficult because it tends to be ephemeral. I mean, that's what the, that's the nature of the, the external world that we live in. And so you brought in the concept of authentic joy. The second point I want to bring in, which I love, I love the phrase authentic joy and that it is love of self, which is kind of a challenge for a lot of people. The idea you should love yourself. I mean, there, we, we definitely have matrix teachings to use the phrase you used that that says no 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 that's selfish that's that's bad that's that's not a good thing to love yourself and, and you're saying yeah authentic joy is loving yourself that, that's fabulous but the thing i really want you to zoom in a little bit more on is the last thing you just said you said you can learn to love what the matrix tells you not to love which is a fabulous phrase and it is scary as heck for anyone who's con considered that for the first time so zero in on that one thinking about and, and understand this, your imagination is, is your greatest creative tool. Your imagination creates your reality. We guide you to use your imagination more. Notice how your, your matrix tends to guide most of you to use your imagination less, to focus more in 3D. And there, there are a few of you that, that break out of that, certainly, and, and you become the, the artists and the, the other creative geniuses of your world and your imagination is then celebrated because it has a monetary value attached to it in most cases. We guide all of you to utilize your imagination to conjure your source being within you. It's already there. It is authentically there. It is powering you. It is, is, is all that you are, essentially. Your, your ego is an aspect even of that. But to think in terms of duality and in black and white, because you're in this physical world where you perceive everything that way, and there, there is expansion available to you in your perception of it, use your imagination to imagine yourselves in a state of being where nothing is judged the way that it's judged in the matrix. In fact, we would guide you to, to turn every single aspect of the matrix, invert it, think exactly the opposite of what the matrix tells you. That, that consumerism is expansion, it's not. That, that aging is something that's bad, it isn't. That, that dying is something to be afraid of, you should not be. Turn all of that stuff backwards and then you will start to get a picture of the energetic realm and how we feel about you and how we feel about your aging and your imperfections and, and, and your challenges and your struggles. And imagine yourselves in that space where you are no longer judging what you see in the mirror. You're no longer judging your waistline. You're no longer judging your bank account. You're no longer judging the, your, your home or your vehicle or your relationship or lack thereof. You are loving exactly what is. And for, for many of you, that's going to seem like a mountain to climb in the beginning. But if you start practicing this systematically every day, where you set aside some time just to love and appreciate you exactly as you are and start training your mind to think that way, you will start to see the changes show up in your life. You will start to, to be easier on yourselves. You will start to be easier on other beings. You will understand that when you judge externally, inevitably, 
that vibration of external judgment that you create in your judgment of other people is going to be turned inward. And very often the judgment externally is, is, is a soothing mechanism that you all create for yourselves to take away from the judgment that you are doing to yourselves internally to begin with. So it's easier to judge somebody else than feel a little relief around yourselves, but you all understand that that relief is felt just in that moment and it's fleeting because it's not real, it's not authentic. You, you are judging externally to take the focus away from you. So start cleaning up your own internal judgment of self and notice that you will ease up on others as well. And a, a big part of this is no longer needing other people or other beings to have a specific type of experience that fits into your belief system. That is a great challenge within your matrix is that you're all taught that you have this belief system. It's the correct belief system that other belief systems that oppose it are somehow a threat to it. And they must somehow be dismantled by you and that other beings need to be agreeing with your belief system. You call that validation. You do not need that external validation of your belief system. You, you, can, you can do exercises for yourselves if you choose to do so where instead of quieting your mind, which has value as well, you spend time actively in appreciation of you. And if you need to get the ball rolling and, and, and get the momentum going, maybe it's better for you to find a few things external to appreciate, to get into the appreciation mode, and then start using your imagination to think about things about you that you have spent perhaps a lifetime judging and not judging them. Understanding in this moment, my judgment of any of these things that I feel negatively about regarding myself, they're simply a choice that I've, I have chosen, that I have taught myself to think this way, and now I can choose something different. Because you can. Your imagination is creating your reality, and you have the power. You are, you are sovereign over that. You can change the way you focus upon anything. You can zoom out so much that you can find authentic appreciation for any and every aspect of your world, even the things that you were taught that you were supposed to harshly judge. The harsh judgment of, of certain things in your world will inevitably bleed into other areas. Helps if I unmute my microphone. Just take a moment to uh, distinguish between judging on the one hand and preferring or discerning on another hand, because that can be a little bit confusing. The, the discernment is, is observing something and deciding whether it's something that you wish to experience or not. Judgment is, is a little different than that. Judgment is, is the observing of something and believing that no one should be experiencing it if it's not your preference. Yeah, that's good. That's also one of the shortest answers I've ever gotten from you. I love that too. <laughs> um, I want to tell you about an experience that uh, a friend of mine had, one of my co-hosts on my podcast, uh, his name is Neil, and uh, he contacted me for some help. I'm, I'm not going to tell you all of his experience because that's obviously his private stuff. But what he was basically asking me for was just a little help because he was having trouble getting back into his happy place. He was doing all his usual stuff and he wasn't getting there. And what I realized instantly, it's always easier when you're, you know, somebody else is, is, is looking at your situation from outside because they, they don't have the same attachments and so forth that you have. So that's what I was experiencing. It was so obvious to me that all he was really doing was he, he was doing what in the tire practice would call hammering. He was just, I'm going to go after this thing. I'm going to go after it again and go after it again. Why isn't it working? I'm going to go after it again. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to really go after it. Why isn't it working? That kind of thing. And I, I just reminded him, go, you know, take a break go take a walk, get away from it, just stop doing all that and just find high vibration again. Don't worry about, you know, trying to manifest stuff. And then once you're in high vibration, you know, then, then start focusing on your stuff and like, and you'll be able to let it go and do all the good stuff. And he, he took that, uh, that, that advice to heart, but that's something we all do. On a, um, it doesn't matter how, how advanced we are, how, how long we've been doing this stuff. We still end up doing that at times. So can you give us some ideas? How, how do we get ourselves off that track when we find that we're up, we're, we're offbeat, we're out of balance, and we're having trouble getting back. The, 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 the topic of judgment around all of this is, is exactly what is creating the static in, in your returning to where you wish to be. Mm -hmm. Judging yourself for where you are, not being in full alignment or not being far enough along the, the journey of detuning, if you will, or, or, or not being in the right mindset 
the judgment of this should not be, I should not be here, is what's creating the suffering in the moment and also creating the static that is holding you back from getting right back to where you want to be. So it's about releasing the judgment and appreciating exactly where you are, even if you're not exactly where you wish to be or what your preference is vibrationally. And, and of course, the, the vibration is the thing that precedes the actual physical manifestation or condition. So if you aren't where your preference is and you are judging yourself for not being there, you're going to hold yourself in that unwanted state. And you all have evidence of this, whether it's your, your health or your physical appearance or your relationship status or your bank balance or your career, wherever, you all have something that you are challenged by. And generally, you're creating the challenges for yourselves because you're judging that you are not experiencing your preference. You, all of your preferences were never intended to be manifested instantaneously because your, your expansion that your, your soul is seeking in the human journey or in any physical journey is derived from the journey of manifestation, of new creation that expands you. So moving through an unwanted experience, something that is not your preference, even not in judgment, and moving through it, though not, not, not in appreciation either, you, you're sort of in a staticky zone there. Because when you are not appreciating what you have created for yourself, you have not fully accepted it, and in your lack of acceptance of it, by design, you are going to create more of it until you learn to accept it. And then when you learn to accept it, the unwanted condition dissipates. And the physical expression will shift, how whatever that is. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. One one of the things I love about talking with you is um, I, I. You may remember this. I'm sure you probably do because you, you you remember everything. <laughs> but when I first had you on my podcast, I, I was really enjoying having you on because uh, you you were joining me on a regular basis for about a six month period. And I'd always wanted to talk with Abraham, which is the Esther Hicks version of communicating source energy, whereas this is the David Strickler version of communicating source energy. The message is basically the same as source energy's message, but coming through different flavors. Um, and and I began to appreciate very early on the David Strickle uh, flavor that came through. Uh, one of the aspects of that David Strickle flavor was a willingness to go deeper and darker, to go into the stuff that the Esther Hicks version didn't go into. And, and that's kind of what I sense you're talking about here, because we, we were talking earlier, you were talking earlier about the importance of finding a way to love what the matrix tells you not to love. And, and there are a lot of things that we experience that are just, oh, I really hate this terrible thing that's going on there. Uh, and, and it can be stuff that we consider to be severe. It can be abuse. It can be you know, war. It can be some really, really rough stuff going on. And yet you, through David Strickle's interpretation of what you say, you're always taking us to, yeah, but there's a way to love it. There's a way to appreciate it. There's a way to, to find the good in it. And, and I really, I, I guess I want to just tell you, I appreciate that you teach us that. But go into that just a little bit more, because that's really good stuff. The, the where we would guide you to start with all of this in your judgments is, is, is don't go after the biggest fish, the, 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 the thing that frightens you the most or the thing that instills the most judgment and try to detune that as a starting point, mm -hmm. because you're more likely to fail. The, the, the journey toward complete authentic appreciation of all that is, is better started on a smaller scale and, and allowing momentum to build. Yeah. Because once you learn to find appreciation for something that you have been not appreciating for a lifetime, but something that's not massive in, in your experience, it shifts the energy. And then you see what we are pointing you toward when that energy shifts a little bit. And then you have the confidence to go about systematically detuning things that way, finding appreciation for what's not supposed to be appreciated within your life journey. It's easier sometimes to do it personally because you personally, when in your appreciation, can begin to see the benefit that you've received from having had the experience. And remember that where you are vibrationally in the moment is going to very much impact how you feel about something. If you are down your spiral in a negative space and you are reflecting in, in, in such a way that is the opposite of appreciation on a life experience that you've had, perhaps it was something you even consider traumatic, and you were replaying that trauma and the wrongness of it. And of course, your matrix guides you to, to judge and label these things and to really demonize the transgressor and thus victimize yourselves. 
But the victimization that, that you were doing when you victimize yourselves this way, meaning when you feel powerless and you are not claiming any ownership whatsoever of the co-creation of the experience, we will provide an example. A child is abused and grows up to be an adult. And through their lifetime, the matrix is telling them that was wrong. It was awful. Your abuser was evil. You did nothing wrong. You were just a child. You were a victim. Those on the surface are very soothing words. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's, it's easy for you to look at your childhood and think, gosh, what did I do to deserve that? I was born yeah. into these, these parents and I had the father that was the alcoholic that beat the crap out of me for no reason, perhaps even worse. And you hold on to that and you build that into your belief system and you replay the wrongness of it and the victimization of it. You feel the powerlessness that you felt during those experiences on a loop in your minds, perhaps for a lifetime. And what you tend to notice is other scenarios of like nature presenting themselves to you again and again and again, because you're focused on that victim vibration, you are creating more scenarios in which to make yourself a victim. And the matrix tells you you're doing exactly the right thing. You're never going to get over this. You're always going to be a victim. Your yeah. parent in this case, this example is always going to be the transgressor and you are stuck right there. Where we're guiding you is to understand that there are vibrational, we will fall short of using the term agreements. There is a set point that you project yourselves into for an experience, for a degree of challenge, if you will, in your journey. And very often those things are predetermined via your point of entry, that you, you are projecting yourself into a potentially abusive situation in this example. From your eternal perspective, you understand that projecting into the higher degree of difficulty in, in the human journey in this case is going to offer you an opportunity to have a very flavorful, flavorful experience in which to potentially expand in, in the moving through and the overcoming of it. From the human perspective, you, your ego will say, why in the world would anyone ever choose that? From the eternal perspective, where there is nothing going on in your life as a human being that is eternal. So you are an eternal being having a very short, very temporary human experience. One that once you move through the experience, any trauma, any pain, any discomfort, any of those things that are experienced only exist in, in the moment of the experience. Beyond that, it only exists as your recollection of it. So even if you're feeling physical pain or fear or emotional pain in the moment, you're choosing to carry that message forward is what's creating the prolonged relived trauma of it. And your matrix teaches you to do just that. You were abused as a child. You were damaged goods. You will always be damaged goods because you were abused as a child. It's not your fault. You had nothing to do with it. Therefore, you have no power to really change any of that. You can choose forgiveness in the matrix, but the vibration of forgiveness is typically you did something wrong to me and I'm going to do my best to get over it and let you off the hook and move on. There is healing energy in that indeed. Mm -hmm. Certainly better than the continued demonization of it. There, there oh, yeah. it is a path to, heal, but it is a rest stop on the path to healing. The yeah. path to authentic healing is coming full circle to I understand that, that energetically we are intertwined eternally and that we are meeting again in this lifetime in this example as parent and child, and that we're going to have a specific set of experiences. And in those experiences, my desire from a soul perspective is being fulfilled to have the challenge delivered to me that I can now set about changing. I can now be a more sophisticated version of me because I had the abuse in my childhood that I moved through. I found authentic love for myself, even though it wasn't given to me externally. I ultimately found the authentic appreciation of my transgressor because I went into deeper understanding of them because it was the only way to authentically heal. Why was the parent abusive? What could be, and even if you're using your imagination to bridge the gap of creation, which is absolutely fine to do, using your imagination that people don't just suddenly decide to abuse other people, that behavior and that mindset is developed over time, usually rooted in their own judgment of their own trauma. And usually there is fear at the root of the anger that creates that. 
fear and judgment, which is, are essentially the same thing. So being sophisticated enough, and you all have the potential to do this, each and every one of you, to think beyond the victimization because there's just not enough healing power there. Going further into the transgressor. And if the transgressor is no longer active, indeed, it will be easier for you to do this. If you're dealing with an active transgressor, you can get there, but you are in the moment of it still. So moving into appreciation of an active transgressor is something that's even more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But to solve an active transgressor, that's exactly where we guide you. Certainly get yourselves out of harm's way in the moment. Absolutely. Remove all fear of whatever it is that you have to do to get yourselves out of harm's way in that current manifestation. But then once you're out of harm's way, the quicker you can move yourself to appreciation of the transgressor, the faster the scenario will solve itself. And in your authentic healing of it, you will not be experiencing it again. And this is, we began this interaction speaking to joy, and here we are speaking to trauma and abuse and things of that nature. <laughs> But indeed, the, the cleaning up the roots of all of the things that hold you away from joy is exactly what allows joy to flow in. Because the, 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 the secret that is not such a secret in our teachings, what you call God, universe, source, angels, spirit guides, all of the things that you look upon positively that are beyond physical are really all the same thing. They are all source. You are experiencing David's version of that when you were listening to what you call the stream. You all have your own version of it within you, whether you were able to speak it the way that David does or not, it does not matter. You have it within you. That source version of you is loving and appreciating all that is. That source version of you is always there calling you to joy. That source version of you is joy, is love, is well-being, is nothing but that. The separation from that is what many of you label as evil or transgressor. There is no demonic external force forcing its way in. We understand that your matrix teaches you that, that there is Satan and the devil and evil forces and, and infidels and all of these, these labels that are given for, for what is not source. What is not source is your own ego creating a scenario for yourselves that separates you from your well-being, which is guaranteed to you by source. Wow. As usual, wonderful, well-detailed answer. Um, I, I want to go back to something that a, a phrase that I heard you use that I don't recall hearing you use before. You may have said it um, in another context that I'm not aware of, but I don't recall hearing it. You started. You, you were talking about uh, the decision that gets made that, that we each make as we're deciding to come into this life, and you said, "I'm not going to call it. We're not going to call it an agreement." And I think what you were kind of referring to is some people talk about things like soul contracts. They make a contract with themselves and others about, okay, this is, I'm going to go into life. I'm going to experience this trauma. I'm going to go through that and I'm going to grow through it and all this other kind of stuff. And you stop short of that. And instead you call it a set point. Can you elaborate on that? Cause I think that's a really interesting thing. Because when you, when you, the set point is the, the point of entry, the, the, the set point is the point of entry to your physical environment. And that is the only thing that is predetermined before you enter the environment at, at what you call conception. After that, everything is your reaction to the, the stimulation that you're receiving in the womb beyond that. And certainly post-birth where you're observing, uh, absorbing your environment and learning to be a human being essentially. And in that learning process, you are absorbing everything that's around you. It is not an accident that most of you find infants so appealing. You find infants appealing as law of attraction dictates that that infant, that, that, that newly birthed infant is so appealing to all of you simply because it by design is attracting multiple physically manifested beings to it from which to learn. Mm -hmm. That's why you find infants so very endearing and appealing. And then you, you begin learning, you begin absorbing, you begin discerning preferences immediately, and you begin placing obstacles immediately finding things that are not your preference, judging, fearing, doing all of the things that you are absorbing from those around you. The, the matrix is passed on generationally by design, but the, the matrix that humanity has created for itself, you are all cracking it open now. You are becoming so very intelligent that you are understanding the, the eternal technology that creates you, and you are understanding how to create in your lives with greater intention. And you've created all of these things that are well beyond what you would call nature. 
all creation occurs the same way, but certainly there are human creations that you can look at and say that is man-made, and there are things that you would call natural creation. All of it is a creation of consciousness, but there are certainly things that you all want to experience while you're here on your earthly journey that are your preferences, and you are creating these things, and you are aligning yourselves with the experiencing of these things through your trust, through your belief. When you detune your ego and detune all of your fear and judgment and detune your, your worrying about whether you're going to experience it or not, and simply allowing yourselves to have a magical life journey, you will see how truly magical your environment really becomes because it does. And it defies the matrix. In fact, more and more of you are defying the matrix on a regular basis, showing the world that you do not have to fall into that fear and judgment matrix of belief and that you do not need a rule-laden, fear-laden belief system dictated to you to have a joyous life experience. It's all internal work, and it can be done regardless of where you are, how much tyranny you may be operating under. You all have the power to shift the experience to appreciation of exactly where you are and start watching the experience transform in front of you, regardless of what the matrix tells you. I love this. This is great. That was, that was a wonderful explanation, by the way. And I, I love doing these because I, even as you're talking there, I, I, the chills are running up and down my back. You know, my energy is building like, oh, yes. That is resonate, your source resonate, being coming to life because yeah. it's, it's operating in harmony with what we are offering through David. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's just, oh, it feels so good all the way through. Um, something else I wanted to zero in on, and, and it, this is related. It's actually a little bit of a, of a step away in some ways, but it's related to what we're talking about. There are many teachers who teach, you know, law of attraction, how to manifest what you want, uh, what kind, you know, coach different aspects of how to do X, Y, or Z in your life, that sort of thing. And and they're all very valuable. They all teach very good stuff. Some of them uh, teach an interesting thing that I want to address here. They they suggest that the words that you use are important because certainly there's a vibration between behind those words. And one of the, the concepts I've heard taught numerous times is you don't want to talk about wanting things because wanting means you don't have it. And if you don't have it, then you're, you're speaking from a viewpoint of lack. And the, the reason I want to bring this up is I, I love hearing source through David. I also like hearing it through Esther Hicks, the Esther Hicks version. I got an email that said, wanting is good. You came into this life to want and to just keep that, that stuff you do from day one. And you kind of hinted at that when you were talking about what the infant does. So tell us your perspective about how, how to understand uh, the words that we use, how to decide, am I in a space of lack? Should I stay away from a word like want because it's a problem? You know, how, do I, how do I navigate these waters? Certainly your, your words are a reflection of your dominant vibration. And when you're speaking freely and comfortably, you're, you're going to reveal to yourself and to others where you are vibrationally, at least in the moment that you're sharing understand that you are different vibrationally moment to moment. And while we guide you to, to work on the vibration, if you so choose, if your desire is to be more joyous and, and, and more abundant and have more of the things that you want to experience come your way, then yes, shifting your vibration will shift your language and that will shift your experience. However, we do guide you not to become the word police for yourselves. There are times that, that David is not channeling us and he'll be having a casual conversation with, with other people who are practicing what we offer, and, and they will catch words that he is offering and say, don't you really mean this? In that moment of that vibration, he did not, or he would have said that. But it's also a reflection of his level of comfort and confidence in his practice that he's not going to overthink his vibration, nor is he going to overthink the words that he's offering in a moment of casual conversation, because they might cause something that he wants not to come as quickly as the ego is asking for it. Allow yourselves to have your imperfections, including the words that you use, allow yourselves to have the imperfect journey of manifesting a mix of, of wanted and unwanted things, understanding that the more you raise your vibration systematically via the detuning of your life's transgressors, via meditation, via simply understanding where you are vibrationally and how to operate in those moments, the tools that, that we are offering, that is automatically going to increase the amount of desired things coming your way and decrease the amount of unwanted things. But you're not going to cross a threshold where you are manifesting in such perfection 
that you're getting every single thing that you want and you're getting nothing that you don't want. Because if you get into that level of manifestation, you're at the very top of your vibrational spiral and you will ultimately exit yourself from your physical journey because there's no purpose for it any longer. <laughs> you're not expanding. You're just experiencing every single desire and notice that not one of you is really experiencing that because you have this perfect thing that is very imperfect called vibrational flow happening which is caused by polarity, the polarity of your physical environment that is keeping you out of the static space so that you are going up and down vibrationally, so that you are slipping up, if you will, and saying things that are contrary to your desires at times. You were all doing that. And the one that's observing might be in a bit of a higher vibrational space, but think about in the judgment of the words being offered by another, where are you vibrationally really? Yeah. Where are you vibrationally really? That, that says it right there. Where are you vibrationally? If you were right really now? up your spiral, you, you are not concerned whatsoever with the words that are being offered by another. You are in pure authentic appreciation of exactly where they are, even if it's incongruent with where you believe they want to be in the moment. Right. Yeah. Very, very important. Really, really good stuff. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what our time frame is here. I think I'll, I'll go with one more question and then we'll bring David back in so he can take control of the podcast again. Uh, but uh, we, we've, we've covered some really great territory here. We've talked a lot about um, the value of the contrast, the value of the polarity, appreciating it and, and just uh, glorying in it really, which is contrary, like you, you've said in many different ways, contrary to what the matrix teaches us to do. So can you just give us uh, a, give, give us a few tools or a, a few ideas about how do we do that more consistently than we have in the past? The, the, the key to consistency is just that it, it's being consistent with it. And, and in the beginning, you, you may believe that this is very counter to what we teach, but you have spent a lifetime absorbing the matrix and creating your own belief system. And when you start looking inward, and realizing that there are aspects of your belief system that, that are not in alignment with your desires, then you can systematically go about detuning those things. And, and where we're guiding all of you is to understand that the detuning process is a lifetime's work. The detuning process is something that you teach yourselves to do simply by reacting differently to your lower vibrational experiences, meaning we, we've used the term meeting your obstacles and joy. The, the unwanted piece of mail shows up or email or news at work or, or diagnosis or whatever it is. And if your habit is raced down your spiral in fear and judgment and, and suffer in that for a while until you simply don't anymore because polarity pulls you out of it, that was something that you taught yourself to do. You probably taught yourself to do it because the matrix teaches you to do that. Fear this, fear the uh, unwanted bill, fear the diagnosis, fear the aging process, fear the death experience, fear all of these things that aren't supposed to happen to you, but they do happen to you. They happen to all of you. So when you stop fearing them and stop judging them and start understanding that you are creating it and claiming that ownership, it's, it's, it's a big pill to swallow in the beginning to start taking ownership of things that you do not yet understand how you could have possibly created. But if you set all of the how aside and simply go into the ownership piece of it, that helps you get to the appreciation faster. And when you get to that appreciation space, the clarity of what it's actually done for you reveals itself. So make that your practice of teaching yourself systematically day by day, even if you have to set reminders Go find an appreciation for 20 minutes today. Quiet your mind for 10 if you can. Find things, go back into your past and review things from a higher perspective than you normally do. Create some little exercises for yourselves like that. And it starts to reshape your conscious mind, which begins to rewrite that programming that you all created for yourselves and your subconscious, which is at its core, your belief system. Whatever your belief system is, this is right, that is wrong. This is good. That is evil. I should be experiencing this. I should not be experiencing that. Blow all of that up. Blow all of it up and go into a new mode of authentic appreciation of all that is. And when you catch yourself not appreciating and you will realize what if I defocus and refocus through the lens of source, because source is part of me, even if I don't feel it or realize it fully right now in this moment, source is part of me. I have the power to defocus and refocus as source. If I look at this in authentic appreciation for the experience that is being had and see what happens. 
because that will transform your life. And when you stumble upon those experiences where other people are suffering and you, you're not able to appreciate the suffering experience, understand that all suffering is a very, very, very temporary thing that is very often chosen to be relived over and over and over again. And you're not really observing suffering. You're, you're observing an egocentric or ego-focused uh, observance of something that's happening in physical to an eternal being, which cannot be damaged, which cannot be ended. Think in terms of eternal being. It helps you a great deal to, to use your imagination. I'm eternal. The beings that I'm observing, all of them, everything in my world, is eternal. Here you're having a temporary experience that was always meant to be that. And the concept of suffering is the human creation. I'm not going to think in terms of that anymore. I'm going to, every time I focus now, I'm going to catch myself when I'm judging, when I'm fearing, when I'm needing it to be something other than what it is, and I'm going to turn it upside down. And I'm going to make that my life's work. With much love, that is what we have. Just wonderful. And while David brings himself back, I just want to say to uh, the stream, which I'm sure you can still hear us. Wow, that, that was very helpful. There are listeners who are saying, yes, thank you so very much. So, um, and, and I can see David's now smiling and alert and back to being his David self. Hey, that, that was a great session, David. Even that cold, bitter coffee that I just took a sip of. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you, you always... Um you always do a really good job bringing out the very best of the stream. So maybe we'll call this the best of the stream. <laughs> I don't know what the worst of the stream is, but <laughs> I'm not sure either. I'll tell you this. It's the easiest interview I ever do because this, every single time I ask a question, the stream gives me so many hooks to hook into that. I, oh, I can, I can follow up on this one. I can follow up on that one. I, I never work to do an interview with the stream. It's, the easiest interview I can possibly do. I love it. I'm very energized right now by the by the transaction, by the interaction. <laughs> well, both words, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. I could tell it was really good and really deep, and I'm very energized by it. So let's do this. Let's um, let's jump over into Patreon, and we'll spend a few minutes just kind of talking about uh, for our Patreon subscribers, um, really what the stream offered to us today. So we'll kind of unpack yeah. over on the expanded version of the podcast on Patreon. So join us over there and we'll finish up with Walt Theason. Thank you all for listening. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.